Okay, let me tell you why I just hit record. Go ahead. Because the moment the camera opened up, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you looked at my face and began to laugh. Like, <laughs> it's, what is wrong with us? I don't like, know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> Start being. I start being that. Na- I just. I want to be fucking nasty. So I want to be funny. I want to say fucked up shit. Oh my god! Welcome back to another episode of Not Your Mama's Therapy. This one's going to be special. This one's going to be unhinged because, <laughs> as if the others haven't been. Because we usually record on Fridays, which is bad enough. Honestly, we you get serious end of the week mm-hmm. vibes from us anyway. But mm-hmm. we had some technical difficulties on Friday. And so we are recording on the Lord's Day. And if there's uh, one thing I know, yeah. <laughs> it's it that is. you and I should not be together on the Lord's mm. Day. No, no, <laughs> like, no, no, no. There's several statues of Mary <laughs> and Jesus with just stigmata blood coming out. <laughs> you like the fact that I know that term? I really do. I'm so proud of you. Stigmata. <laughs> Man, let me tell you though, that movie, Stigmata, is where mm. I learned I have issues. Like, mm. I was like, Gabriel Byrne needs to hit it. And I was oh, yeah? just like, oh. You like that guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think I have daddy issues. I think that's really what it comes down to. But yeah, Gabriel mm. Byrne is beautiful. He's beautiful in that movie. He's a sexy man. I'm not gonna lie and to you. He's got this. He's got this swagger about him. He does, mm. and he has that sort of like quiet, mm-hmm. that quiet thing that you know doesn't stick around in the bedroom. You know what I'm saying? He, he, just, he, I know you know what I'm saying. I know he's, he leaves too sweet after he's done. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Yes, exactly. I find yeah. that so hot. <laughs> you wake up and just like a note on the pillow, if that. Exactly. <laughs> and it's doing an Irish brug. Yeah. He used to go into a bar that my buddy owned in New York and he would go in like early afternoon Irish really? style. Yeah, I can say that because I'm part Irish. Right. Yeah. And he would just get shit canned. But I think he said so sobered up. Oh, okay. Okay. You know what? I respect that. I respect the dedication to your yeah, craft. Well, he was in there writing, you know, it was sure. He was a New York writer, <sighs> actor, artist. Just, yeah. Look at that. Look on your face. Just mm-hmm. ugh. tell me more. Hold on. <laughs> Lindsay, cut in a sound of my zipper going down. <laughs> <laughs> She's got that on file. <laughs> she has a lot of use for that. <laughs> Well, I'm excited because we have a very special holiday episode ahead of us. We are going to talk about surviving the holidays. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Not Your Mama's Therapy Survival Guide to the Holidays with People You Don't Want to Spend the Holidays With. People you don't want to spend the holidays with, but somehow feel compelled to. You have yes. to at some level, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're afraid to burn that bridge, perhaps. I don't know what it is, but you know you're going home and perhaps... It's going to be a shit show. Right. Yes. Yes. I, I think it's I think some of it is the, the fear of burning bridges. 
I, I know for me personally, it's the catastrophization of what could happen between the time I choose not to show up and the next time. <laughs> like someone's definitely dying. Well, you're doing the arithmetic there, right? You're doing the yeah, calculations yeah, yeah. to see if you can actually get away with it. I've actually, I've actually walked you through a little piece of that at some point in the yes, relative. One thousand percent. Yeah. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I listen, the holidays are both some of my favorite times of year and also mm-hmm. some of my least favorite times of year. Mm-hmm. But you've got good mm-hmm. stories too. You've got good stories too of like being there for Ashley, being, you know, like. Oh, dude, I'm going to regale you with stories of going home for the holidays (laughs) with her and that, those fucking bumpkins down there in Texas. (laughs) Hayseeds. Her family's the fucking worst. Second only to mine. Let me say this though at the outset. We're talking about going home for the holidays and the rigors and the, the stress that it can be when I've sort of did my my very scientific beta testing on this topic meaning i just asked a few people <laughs> they all they <laughs> few people meaning me and ash that's it that's it <laughs> they were like thumbs up what did mabel think <laughs> mabel she's always on board that's our dog one of our dogs yeah no the, uh, people across the board as i as i spoke to essentially my clients and friends they're like oh oh my god yeah yes yes more please t- talk about what that is to go home for the holidays and to not necessarily be looking forward to it but to perhaps somehow be holding out some level of hope that this year is going to be different yeah that mm-hmm. yeah that, that, that nugget mm. that little kernel of hope that somehow this year will be different. Now I had it backwards. I'm going to be honest with you. Most of mine were really good. Yeah. My mom used to like make, because she would save all year long because we were as poor as fuck. Mm -hmm. She would save all year long in this fund so that she could get me just the toys I asked for. And so the holidays were always kind of cool. It was the one, you know, day of the year where like all that poverty shit kind of went out the window and, mm. you know, it was really good. And then when I moved to That's New awesome. York, I would go home and it, it was, it was, it was good to go home for the holidays. I really enjoyed it. Right, 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 right. But that's awesome that you, you got that. Well, it colored how I worked with clients and it was something that this has sort of been a, a topic that's been burning a hole in my pocket for a long time because early, uh, you know, you, the hubris of being a young therapist, you sort of project your shit onto other people and just assume, I guess, that how could I have assumed that people have great times at the holidays? Mm. To assume that people have a great time on the holidays is, is obviously folly and that I fell into that. And so I would have, I wouldn't prepare my clients at all for going home. You know, I wouldn't say to them prior to Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, any of that stuff. I wouldn't say to them, so you're going home to family. Um, how have you prepared yourself mentally, emotionally? Mm. And I didn't do any of it. And so consequently, mm. I would have clients kind of like coming back like, uh, yeah, yeah, like some sort of post-traumatic stress right. response to, mm-hmm. you know, having gone home, having the shit kicked out of them emotionally. Mm-hmm. And then coming back and me having to put it together. And finally I fucking put it together. It was like, oh, I should probably be talking about this before. Yeah. Because right. your experience hasn't been mine. Yeah. First of all, props to your mom for doing that for you. I think yeah. that's so amazing. But yeah, no, I get how you could like you could your your experience could color how it's gonna be. I think 
I have something slightly different, but on a similar vein of (laughs) Corey and I, (laughs) you know, his holidays were significantly different from my holidays. And so when we first came together, I was not like I... I knew how my holidays were. And so he was spending the holiday with me and I did not gear him up. Oh no, you what didn't that was I didn't get mm-hmm. him ready mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. chaos. So it's a it's a personal sort of side of things. No, it's but the yeah, same thing. yeah. You didn't, I didn't took no initiative whatsoever. Not, not at all. I just I he literally started noticing like a shift in my energy. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like on the way to the like, airport. What's yeah, what's uh what's uh what's going on here? You know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, you know, it it gets it gets kind of <laughs> gets a little chippy dick at the Petri household, you know, yeah, like whatever. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. and then it, what's funny is he did kind of prepare me for holidays with his family, mm-hmm. which is so my my family is giant German family. We all get together. We all mm-hmm. eat a ton of fucking food. We dance around topics that we shouldn't, and sometimes we don't dance around them. We dance across them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And then his family Christmas is there drinking involved for mine. Absolutely, (laughs) that's just throwing kerosene (laughs) on the bonfire. One thousand percent. It's always my mom always had this like giant jug of white wine and giant Mm. jug of red wine. And you just <laughs> was it like Sutter Home? Oh, what was it? Ernest yes. and Julio Gallo? Sutter Home is exactly what it was. It was absolutely <laughs> Sutter Home, one thousand percent. And step so- up in Mad Dog twenty twenty. <laughs> We're never gonna get that brand deal from Sutter Home now. <laughs> it's all the same. They're just trying to chip you. It's fucking grapes. <laughs> You know, it gets you there just the same. All of our Vino uh, listeners are like, unsubscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because our podcast is attracting a lot of high end wine buyers. Can you imagine? They're all sitting in a room together, like these fucking mm. people went too, went too far this time. Like, <laughs> no, no, EJ, I won't have it. It's like Miles from Side from from what was that movie? Sideways. And he goes, "I'm not drinking fucking Merlot." But we yeah. digress. So there was drinking involved at the Petri home. There, and there it was. seems like a lot of it. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. 1000%. Yeah. No, we all, we all, we all had our drinks. Yeah. That shit's like Wonder Woman's rope. Right. <laughs> That's such a good point. So, <laughs> and then, so then I went home for, for Corey's family. So my family, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That's like the start of the Christmas holiday. Sure. You get the lights up, you get the decorations up, you get the tree up, you do the whole thing. I feel the nip in the air and already. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You can hear the sleigh bells, can't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lindsay, edit those in. Um, so, <laughs> and, then, and then I went home to uh, Corey's family's holiday, which was nothing, 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 nothing. Christmas Eve, pull a boxed Christmas tree out, put it on the table. Oh, wow. 
Christmas Eve, they, they did like, <laughs> Corey calls it the card cootery board because his last name's card, <laughs> card cootery board. It's like, Deli meats, crackers, and cheese. Mm. And like that's yeah. like the Christmas Eve sort of like special thing. The big spread. Right. Christmas Day, couple presents, a family meal. And when I say family meal, I mean like a normal meal. That's it. Like it, like it could There's be lasagna. One thousand percent. It could it could be like chicken breast. Like it could be yeah. like leftovers, honestly. It could have been anything. So So are you there at the table and witnessing all this like suddenly feeling gypped that you came home with him because you're used to the big german holiday even though there was infighting and poo throwing the uh, yes there was some of that but there was also this like wow like no wonder he gets overwhelmed (laughs) 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 yeah yeah. right because he was like you know this was that nothing nothing that most people consider part of their holiday tradition is what his family does. Mm. So it was, there was also like a a little bit of sadness for him, Mm. you know, so this weekend was his birthday weekend Mm. and I love nothing more than giving him gifts. This is such a segue, but whatever, I'm going to do it. There's nothing more that I love than giving him gifts because his family and holiday traditions didn't really, I mean, he, they got gifts, but they were very practical gifts. It was like, I know you need new shirts. I know you mm-hmm. need new, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm able to give him gifts, it's mm-hmm. like a whole different thing. And he's like, yeah. he, it actually makes him like a little bit uncomfortable because he's like, see, that's, that's good not, gift giving. Yeah. 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 So anyway, the point is, is that very different things. And so I think. Um, when you mentioned this topic, I was really excited because not only should we prep everybody and get everybody like thinking about this and get your energy right and start going through your practices and all of that, but also get your fucking partner involved. Don't be Sarah, you know, just not filling him in at all. <laughs> right. Just YOLO. Like mm-hmm. just get them involved too as part of this process. Listen to this podcast together. This yes. is a great time to share the link. It really is. And so you make a great point. If you're going to invite your partner home for the holidays, you need to prepare them for the lay of the land. And like you said, a lot of times we forget to do that. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but Ashley did the same thing to me. Forgot to tell me. I had a sense of it, but there wasn't a lot of prep as to what I might expect. Mm. Maybe she didn't know. But there should be some sense of like, hey, this tends to be the tenor. This tends to be the thing we do. Here's, Here's the schedule of events. And these are the things you can also expect within there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's going to be some emotional flogging. Mm -hmm. There, there may be some uh, drunken conversations where lots of inappropriate questions are asked. Mm -hmm. You definitely want to get them ready for what they can expect for sure. Now, did you finish your story about the lavish gifting that you do for Corey? Cause if not, yes, I, as much as I want to share, because I know he's going to listen to this and I can't, I can't go too deep into it. Cause oh, yeah, you can't right? It's where, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can't listen to that. Okay. No, no so too bad, um, Corey. Yeah. Nice try. So I went home with Ashley to Texas and it was the first real time I had gone home and hung out with her brother and her father and her parents are estranged and we, we stay with her aunt and uncle typically. Let's understand too, that I'm not the (laughs) typical like guy that Ash brought home. Oh, is that right? Yeah, no, no. She would bring these kind of artsy dudes home. 
like I always say, guys that probably were borrowing her eye makeup on on evenings sure. out from time to time. Sure. Some, punk, sure. some of them were punk guys. They were little sure. skinny guys. And for their for her Texas brother and father, he, they you know didn't really pay much attention to those guys. I came in with different, decidedly different energy. I take up a little space and I tend to tell, I say things that I fucking think. Sure. And so they decided to take me golfing. And okay. so fine. I used to play a, a good game of golf, but we got done. And have I told you this story before? Yes. Yeah. So we got done and we go to the 19th hole, the watering hole, the bar. Mm. And they're like, you want a beer? And I'm like, sure. Who doesn't want a beer after a round of golf? Sure. And so I go, come on, Ashton. And, and they go, well, no, 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 she can't come. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm he's like, yeah, I, I'm not allowed. And I've never been in there all the years that we've been coming. I'm, I'm, I have to, I'll wait out here. I was like, what? What do you mean? He goes, yeah, she's no women are allowed at our bar. And I went, you got to be fucking kidding me. Already <laughs> the fucking turd in the punch bowl, which I've already been already. But now it's just like, now I don't care. Right. Because being raised by a woman and seeing the strength that, that women have, I was like, the misogyny was just flowing. And I was like, nope. I said, I'm not comfortable mm. going anywhere that she's not welcome. Mm. I'm not going in there. Mm-hmm. And her brother looks at me and he's like, well, she's got you whipped. Oh my God. And so I just turned to him and I looked at him and I go, you don't know me well enough to talk to me that way. Uh, yeah. And so later on, her dad and I kind of got into it about the fact that the 19th hole did not allow women. And he was all up in arms about this lesbian couple. Uh, those lesbian couples. They, you know, the golf and lesbians. Uh, they, yeah. Wily, wily lesbians. Constantly upsetting apple carts, just (laughs) kicking sandcastles. Things were perfect before they got here. We had it all fucking whitewashed and stupid. And then them lesbians (laughs) showed up. And then lesbians showed up, which, by the way, one was a doctor. Uh, Of course. And one was a lawyer. Paying full dues at the course. Sure. And Ashley's father was a lawyer. And I said to him, I said, so what you're telling me is that she can sit for the bar, but she can't sit at your bar. Oh, my God. <laughs> you see, Ash, so- like smiling uncomfortably, kind of giddily, <laughs> like, it's <laughs> happening. Right? <laughs> Finally. And, uh, and he's like, well, that's just my opinion. And I said, well, that opinion stinks so bad. You should probably keep it to yourself. Oh my God. And everyone just went fucking silent. Yeah. Well, that yeah. wasn't, that was the first of, of a few rides back to the airport where I was like, we're never fucking going here again. <laughs> I think you go full Chris Farley when you say it too. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking went. But it was, you know, I kind of knew what they were about, but they, they had come to New York and visited us. And so they seemed okay enough. What I realized they were on their best behavior. Sure. When I was on their home turf, and this is the, this is a point to, to, to uh, put out there. When your family's on their home turf, they're going to act differently if they've come to visit you in some metropolis that you've perhaps moved to another city, another town, another place. They're going to perhaps act a little bit differently than they do on their home turf at the scene of the crime of your trauma back in your, 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 your home mm-hmm. uh, from childhood. Yeah. And so, and that, that was particularly the case. And I was not prepared for the bad behavior and the poor treatment. They seemed hell bent on 
delivering. So similar situations, not as well delivered as you, but I, I mean, I recognized immediately the boundaries that I do not enforce when mm-hmm. I brought Corey with me mm-hmm. to my mm-hmm. first few holidays. Mm-hmm. And he heard things that were said to me, oh. saw things that were, you know, like saw things that for me, it was like, yeah, that that always happens, you know? How they are. Right. It's just, right. It's just one of those things. And he's seen it and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, (laughs) how is that possible? Right. And I, and I was like, don't, I was like, it's just, it is what it is. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. So I'm curious. I'm used to it. Right. Right. And it was, it was both interesting and upsetting for me to have Corey acknowledge some of like, the stuff that I had just been kind of letting happen as it happened, because I, I, yeah, I, I, it was, it was what it was. This is, this is how it is. And sometimes people come and they say stupid shit and you just kind of nod and you laugh and then you make a joke and then you move on and whatever and whatever. And uh, that wasn't the case for him. And so I first few holidays, it actually was like very upsetting Mm -hmm. for me to bring him home because I was like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with your upset. And it took a lot of work. And I'm pretty sure a couple conversations with you mm-hmm. <laughs> before you were like, yeah, but, right. but why is he acting that yeah. way? Like, why is he feeling, have you thought about how he's responding to these things that he's hearing for the first time? So I'm curious, uh, like how you guys worked through that. No. Like, cause obviously Ashley had never brought home anybody who talked well, to think- anybody part of her family like that. Like, how was that? Was that uncomfortable for you guys? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Fuck him for loving me so much. I hate that. And really giving a fuck. Well, look, he's holding, (laughs) he's holding the example of how you should be treated. And we are juxtaposing it. What did I tell him? How you've been treated. And he's sitting there holding the righteous indignation that w- that one should hold that you should be holding. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think that was the sort of like the water in the face for her too, because she. I watched her. She was very much the little girl that waited outside for her for her dad to go get a beer, and she was this young woman now, and they were fully willing to let her sit in the fucking parking lot. I'm still pissed about it. Yeah. You know how do you do that? That's the anyway. crazy thing, right? Like I hear this story, and I am like. Fuck them. Like if I had been there too, we would have like picked Ashley up and just walked out. Like, you know, like, like it would have been a whole thing, but like, but the moment you flip it and it's like, well, I'm actually the one being told to sit out in the car, you know, then it's a, it's a different situation. And so that's where all the work has to happen. Yeah, but right? Why is it a different situation? It's a different situation because we fucking regress when we go home. Exactly. Right. We're around those people. And this goes back to parts, right? Mm-hmm. And this goes back to the parts conversation that we've had before many, many times between the two of us on this mm-hmm. podcast, that we are not the single organisms we see staring back at us in the mirror. And when we are faced with those people in those places and the, the sights, the sounds, the smells, we are habitual human beings and we regress into the young wounded child aspects mm-hmm. of self immediately. 1000%. And that's why the lens changes. We see everything through. And there she was. I saw her like, no, it's kind of like, well, this is just how it is. And I'm like, yeah. And Corey's like, fuck that. No. Yeah, exactly. And so he's holding the, 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 the correct treatment. He's holding your anger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm 
you know, showing her how, how she should be reacting. And, you know, I'm, I'm holding the anger for her in that moment. And so that's, that's what we can do as partners. But man, when you go home, when you go home or you go home with your partner, expect that there will be regression of some kind, Mm -hmm. unless you've been doing it for a while. And, you know, you've managed to surmount that. I remember the, one of the first times Ashley came home with me and we were out talking to my parents, you know, landing, brought the bags into the room and, you know, shut the door. And she goes, um, so who's the wise cracking 17 year old that's here today? <laughs> right. Cause that's who I became with my mom. Like right. I loved making her laugh and mm-hmm. making my stepdad laugh. And, and so I was just this, you know, Hey, who, uh, you know, wise cracking, mm-hmm. making the jokes. And she's like, no, it's, it's great. It's fine. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. a bad thing necessarily, but it is an example of how I regressed. Mm-hmm. And then, other bad behaviors did come with it later. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Corey is full defender mode when he gets mm-hmm. us home. He is his warrior self, fully guarded, ah. fully like, you know, mm-hmm. being around and his shoulders are like mm-hmm. kind of like all bulky and whatever. And mm-hmm. yeah, 1000%. The I mean, it's ground. great sex. It's I can great. Imagine. It's mm-hmm. great sex, but yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's true. You, you do turn into a different person. So I'm curious, how could back to the conversation of, of, preparing your partner Mm -hmm. for these Mm -hmm. situations. Is there any way that Ashley could have said to you, like, okay, here's what to expect. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously you kind of had an idea of what her family was like, but maybe you Mm -hmm. didn't realize the extent that they would go. How, what would have better equipped you for that situation? If they ask you to go play golf, just know that they're going to be (laughs) assholes. That mode, like literally like walk through what goes on. Like you sort of did in, in, the, in the beginning of the conversation, you're like, you know, this is what happens when we're making dinner or what have you. Or you walk through what, what Corey's family does. He could have walked you through that and said, look, so just so you are aware, it's, it's the charcuterie board is not really a charcuterie board. Okay. Just so you know, there's not going to be a lot of like garland stream. The, the, the tree is going to be no. on the table. It's not a thing Mm -hmm. like preparing you for that would have been, would have been good. Mm -hmm. And also just preparing Mm -hmm. ourselves Mm -hmm. because we can have these ideals, right? These idealized versions of Thanksgiving, the holidays we see that we're, we see it, especially if you live in a place like New York and you see the, 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 how they dress up the city and, and then all the movies and we have this and or, and we also get sort of steeped in our own hopes that perhaps it's going to be different. And maybe that's what, <sighs> maybe that's what Ashley was hoping for is that somehow my energy would mix with theirs and they would show some modicum of respect for her and for, mm. for me and just meeting me mm. in our, in our new relationship is obviously serious. She didn't bring a lot of dudes home. There was this hope that, as we talked about earlier, that, that somehow this time it would be different. And I mm-hmm. think sitting down and saying, this is how it's gone both with ourselves mm-hmm. or with our partner. This is how it's actually gone mm-hmm. in the past. And so we readjust our expectations. That's such a good point. Right? I added up earlier in the show. I was thinking, I was like that fucking hope, fucking hope <laughs> every time. But I want to say it right now is nothing good comes from hope, but that's such like a nihilistic, whatever. I don't, I don't actually believe that, but mm. I do, I do think that I know for me, every time I went home, I was going to, ho- I was hoping it would be different. Every time I went home, I was hoping mm. that this was going to be mm. an easier situation. You know, I, but mm. I, I would say that's not exclusive to my holiday stuff. It's in general, I always am hoping my interactions with my dad are going to be different. I'm always hoping that, Mm -hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. So hope 
and family in general, I feel like are a toxic sort of intertwining a lot of the times. And it's just amplified during the holidays mm-hmm. because that's when you, you're, you're told that, you know, oh, it's, mm-hmm. there's no place like home for the holidays lair. There's no place except anywhere else, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Right. If it's been bad and. You know, I, 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 I don't know if I want to, I don't want to really, I really don't want to say this, but I, anecdotally speaking, most of my clients complain about some level of extra stress and going home and dealing with mom, dealing with dad, dealing with that brother of mine that we've never got along with. Um, or, you know, my spouse doesn't really get along with, or doesn't feel like she fits in or he fits in with, with my family. And just so how do we, how do we deal with that? That becomes the real question. And and so I will be prescriptive, uh, in, in, in my, in my talks pre holidays with my clients, which is to say, just look at first, as I said, how it's actually been, not how you hope it's going to be. Don't drain hope out, Sarah. I'm sure you can still have some of that and you should, but. One of the things I ask people is to look at how you're showing up. The thing that family will do beyond regressing in ourselves, as we do just by the habitual nature of the sights, the sounds, the smells, family will try and remind you of who you've been, not who you've become. That's so good. I think it's really mm-hmm. good. I think I'm going to say it again. I think maybe one more time. Slower. <laughs> family, family will remind you of who you've been, not who you've become. Mm-hmm. Right. There's some safety in that for them or something that, that there's some need because that's who we knew and that's who we know. And we feel better about that. And so we, we often are repelled by that need to keep us go back to those places. The sights, the sounds, the smells will couple that with their, their willingness to, to see us as, as we have been, we will immediately regress. And so the question I have for everyone is how do you show up? Who shows up in you for the holidays? Now, if I were talking to Corey, I would say, look, buddy, you absolutely need your bouncer. You need your monkey, but let's have him sit off just to the side. Let's perhaps know where the wounded child part of you is Mm -hmm. and show up in the, Mm -hmm. I would say show up in the authentic self, right? The authentic adult version of yourself Mm -hmm. is a little piece of all of those parts Mm -hmm. that can keep you protected. You keep the, the, from, for more vulnerability, you don't have to leave yourself wide open to chin Mm -hmm. music and getting beat up mentally, emotionally, and perhaps physically, you know, you have strong boundaries. And so very often the real trouble I have is getting people to do things differently. Meaning I will immediately suggest, so you're going home and it's been difficult. Do you have your own car? Well, no, dad picks me up at the airport. Okay. Well, you need your own car. Uh, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that's not what we do. And he always wants to pick us up. And I literally had this one woman say to me years ago, said, yeah, Mm -hmm. this year, my dad picked me up at the airport, drove directly to his office, said, I'll be right back and was gone for three hours. Oh my God. Left her sitting there. Oh my God. Yeah. And she sat there. Honey. She sat there. Honey, he was a raging narcissist and she became the little girl. Sure. So these are obviously like extremes, extremes. (laughs) Yeah, but they're real. And so I said, so I said to her this year, you have to get a car. I can't do that. She was 
thinking of seeing her father, thinking of going home for the holidays and was already beginning the process of regressing. I into can that feel younger it. Self. Yeah. I, I mean, just hearing the story, like I can feel, I can, I can feel yeah, that. I was like, nope. I can't layer. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. That's not what we've been doing. Like I'm going to upset him. Do you have any idea <laughs> how much trouble we're going to be in? No. And I'll say to them, I'll say, so tell me right now how you feel in your body. I'm just, you know, I'm really uncomfortable. I have anxiety. Okay, sure. And I'll say, do you feel in trouble? And they'll go, yeah. I go, you're not in trouble unless you've broken some law somewhere. <laughs> I would say, so your feelings of in trouble tell me that there's a younger version of yourself here, which is totally natural, totally normal for the for going home and going home for the holidays. It's going to bring right. up that in you. And so we have to negotiate with those parts and ask that aspect to step aside and ask, what would the authentic adult in you say? If I said, can you get a car? Yeah, I could probably get a car. And Great so we idea. get to- Okay. I'll get, okay. Once we break one rule, then all Such the other rules. Yeah. Are once up. you, once you sever that first one where you're like, I'm doing this for uh, my right. safety yeah, and yeah. mental health. Yeah. No, thousand percent. And I also, let me just say, fully believe in the car rule Ooh. because it gets to freedom mm-hmm. and escape mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. times. And whether they know it or not, there's some level of control that's being asserted over you if you're not allowed to have your own wheels. Yeah. You're trapped. And so then any, any form of behavior that's been okay in the past. And again, I'm talking in some extremes, but look, life will often bring us extremes. And yes. so I've had people where, yes. you know, dad's exactly. gotten nuts drunk and saying all kinds of shit. One, one guy actually had grabbed his daughter and, and, and hit her, hit, hit her head against the counter. And she couldn't leave because she didn't, she had to like walk. Oh my God. And call a friend to come get her. These are obviously extreme situations, but even if you're being made uncomfortable or, or feeling like your boundaries are being breached or, you know, some of the things that, that were said to you, mm-hmm. those are all ample reasons for you to go, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm out. Yeah. The, the moment you feel like mm-hmm. you can't escape, you're not in a good spot, you're in a bad mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, and and it might be Mm -hmm. temporary, like it doesn't have to be extremes, Mm -hmm. but you're not in a good place. So, you know, if you can't afford to rent your own car, maybe a friend can come get you. Maybe Mm -hmm. you can Uber, maybe you can, you you know, you can Uber. So there's so many options available if you need them to be so that you don't have to feel trapped in this situation. Because in my opinion, that's where, so, so piggybacking off of what you said, which is, you know, once you break that first rule, the other Mm -hmm. ones are a little bit easier to not give a fuck about. But also the, the moment you start feeling unsafe or uncomfortable and you don't address it, you are starting the snowball down the hill. Like it's not going to get better if you don't listen to your body and listen to your partner, maybe who's saying we need to go for a fucking walk right now. Like, <laughs> right. You know? right. Well, you bring up another good point, which is breaks. Right. So another thing that I offer is I say, you need to, you need to have breaks. And maybe that means a walk through the neighborhood, a bike ride, I don't know, but note if you're staying under the same roof, which I do not uh, recommend for people who have a tumultuous relationship with their families. But if you are and you're, or you're over to the house for an inordinate amount of time, which tends to happen, you know, you get there at 10 in the morning, you're helping to cook and we're not eating until three or four families coming over. It's a whole day thing. And then another whole day thing, plan breaks, 
well, we're going to go to the aquarium. We're going to go to the park. We're going to take the dog for whatever it is. Give yourself an opportunity to off gas. And with your, with your partner, you can get then kind of like mm-hmm. look at the X's and O's and say, Hey, how was that? Was it, what was that like for you? And I will that, you know, and we can have that discussion. Okay. This is what we're going to do next when we go back mm-hmm. and prepare ourselves that way and debrief on those walks and get that off gassing. To your point. And having for me too, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's been a couple times where you've even said, Hey, give me a call if you need to, you know, like have that friend <laughs> right. who's like, yep. you know, if, if you're alone, like if you're not, if you're there, uh, you know, single, your partner can't go and you need that break and be like, girl, are you fucking kidding me with this? Right. Get some of that out mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. at least for me that like until I can like talk about things and usually by day three it's a it's a sobbing in my in my childhood bed usually is what it is. <laughs> if I don't talk to anybody <laughs> with your whoopee my popple <laughs> whoopee's always been there <laughs> exactly Isn't that ironic to be crying atop the encrusted whoopee from tears of your youth. Now <laughs> that you that you like both cried on and humped every now and again. Like. <laughs> and you know what? After you have a good cry, I mean, it's the Wobby's always been there for you. Like. We'll, be, we'll be having it again. <laughs> Wobby's like, I knew you'd come back. I did not consent to your Wobby voice, <laughs> and no one else who's listening did. <laughs> thousand dollars to have Lindsay record her expressions while she's listening to this shit i (laughs) (laughs) not your mom's therapy reactions.com like (laughs) but yeah so always have Mm -hmm. you know your like your pressure valve if it, it, it can be an escape an escape and a phone call to your best friend it can be you know any any number of things but i also agree with you that um, if i were to take my 40 year self and put her into my 23 year old self it would be find a different place to stay at night <laughs> well funny you should bring it up and this is obviously like the hardest sell to the younger self that's planning the trip and going, Oh, uh, those are not the rules. We, how would I, I'm going to disappoint mom. And that's the other thing too. Like if you have one parent that's like good enough and one that's just shitty and I get that one a lot, it's like, yeah, but I kind of got to be there for my mom. And I, I hear that mom's there every day dealing with whatever she deals with. You need to, you do need to take care of yourself. And so I just spend a lot of time giving permission to change the rules, to find parts of you that want to break the rules. And to, you know, when, when those, when those boundaries gets challenged, like, what do you mean you're staying at a hotel or what do you mean you're staying at Airbnb? Well, it just, you know, I just feel like it would just be better. It's especially true if you have your partner with you just for us, just to, you know, have our own space. And there's a lot of people around that, but no, you always stay at the house. Like I said, it's just, I think it's just going to be better all around if we just, and you just keep adhering to the boundary. And I, I get a lot of pushback on this one. 
where people say, well, I just can't do that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, I don't drive at home. Um, cause I know there's always going to be next year and I will have that where it's like, okay, so should have gotten the hotel room or ended mm-hmm. up getting the hotel room, uh, in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But having that space that's your own does that off gassing thing. It takes the pressure off of everyone mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, kind of not be hosting and not be hosted mm-hmm. to let your hair mm-hmm. down and then, you know, re up for it tomorrow. Um, when you go back, but I think having the car, having some mm-hmm. sort of an escape valve and having your own space is really, really important. If you're an adult going home to a, what's been, a difficult or tumultuous family environment for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I know mm-hmm. for me as stressed as I was, Corey was like it really twice is. as stressed because he didn't have the, you know, 28 years in the trenches that I did, you know? And so having that space for your partner, I think is also important. You know, it may not, I don't know about you guys, but well, I do find it easier to break rules when it comes to protecting Corey. Like I'm much better at protecting other people than I am myself, which is, which is terrible. It's my own shit that I've got to fix, but it <laughs> truly, <laughs> but I do think That's like right. sometimes that rule breaking is a little easier when you're the one saying, I can't, you know, I've been doing this to myself for, you know, however many years, but I don't have to do this to them. I can protect them now. So, you know, maybe they're your, your reason for breaking the rule. So whatever the reason is, just do it. You're going to thank yourself. You're going to thank yourself. Um, and then I, I'm curious, you know, I mean, I think we all kind of, we all kind of know where it's going to start getting hot, right? When the fam- when the family's probably going to start the running their mouths. Like, um, what do you do have your in those situations? You know, what again, do you, you know, do you have a conversation worst, with your partner beforehand and be like, listen, let's just both agree we're going to walk away when this shit happens, even if we're sitting at the dinner table. Do we say, you know, keep it civil, but you can, you know, shoot it down? Like, how do you sort of prep for those situations? Some of those old norms and some of those old rules. And let's face it, some of them probably need to be broken. And that younger version of you probably can't do it. Um, but your partner can, because your partner might st- sit there and go, this is some horse shit. Let's go. Uh, you don't deserve that. We're out of here. Um, yeah. So I think absolutely uh, have know where the line is, uh, you know, know where when you start feeling a particular way. This is why preparation is so important. This is why going over it in your head is so mm-hmm. important. This is why looking back at how mm-hmm. it's gone historically is so important mm-hmm. because I'm not going to do that again. When I see mom or dad getting into their third or fourth glass of wine, I'm just going to start gracefully saying, you know what? I think we're going to head back. We're, you know, we're both beat, got an early day tomorrow and you can gracefully sort of, you know, unplug before the uh, chaos Mm -hmm. begins. I've had many people tell me that they've, they've implemented these tools Mm -hmm. and later on have found out that like, yeah, the shit did come down, but we weren't there for it. And it was amazing. We were just there for the next day. Oh, like what happened Mm -hmm. here is an example. We unfortunately didn't take our own advice and went to her brother's fucking wedding home for another version of home for the holidays. <laughs> and there we were. And thankfully we had the kids. We had our separate space and, and all of that. And we bowed mm-hmm. out early when we saw the cocktails really start flowing. And I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure exactly what happened, but some mm-hmm. shit went south and her brother ended up getting arrested 
Oh my God. At, <gasps> at his, his wedding? Own, at his own wedding. <laughs> <laughs> at least put in the back of the car with the handcuffs on. I don't know that he actually went downtown as I remember, but yeah. Uh, but when we came back the next day for brunch, <laughs> hi. The post wedding brunch. Hey. Hi. Oh, is it? What? Oh, you're kidding. That sounded terrible. <laughs> sounded terrible. Can't imagine to have, how it would have been to have oh been there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That must have felt good. It felt great. Yeah. I still hated being there. Yeah, I bet. Never been back since. It was awful. <sighs> well, listen. Oh, let's. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Because there's the, there's the mm-hmm. prep for the holidays, mm-hmm. surviving the holidays. And then the after the holidays where at some point, surely you had a conversation where you're like, I'm not going back or, you know, whatever the case, like, what do we do for those conversations? How do we have those, I I guess, debriefings? They can be tough. And I'm not going to lie to you. Like, you know, I I got, I probably got a little more frustrated with her than I should have, but it was really, again, like Corey trying to protect you. I was trying to protect her and me. And, and at this particular point, we had had kids and I'm like, so I could say to her, we're not doing what was done to you to the kids. Like, we're not going to have them treated as second class citizens. And, you know, that she could get on board with, but by then she was really done. And then, then her brother, Mm -hmm. uh, as they would do, they would try and come to New York and we had moved to Charleston at this particular point. And this is sometime after the wedding. And he was like, Hey, we want to come to the, to the wedding. I was like, or to, we want to come to Charleston to visit. And I was like, no, no, we're not doing it. I'm not, I'm not doing it. And I drew that hard boundary and she did too. And she just kind of wrote him an email and said, why, why would you, why would we do this to each other? Which she did not like, Mm. and she never heard from him again. So, you know, Mm. that's when you really push Mm. those boundaries and those rules, sometimes you do lose those relationships, Mm. but it's okay when you lose a toxic relationship, even if it's family, I know that's not a popular belief now. Sure. This is a whole nother topic, but I, you know, when I was in, maybe I said this before, but I was in first day of marriage and family therapy school. And one of those world renowned therapists was saying, there's no such thing as cut off in family. I was like, um, excuse me, there is actually such a thing. And no, no, no. I'm like, look, they push the line too often beyond going home for the holidays or whatever. At some point you have to say, I'm not anteing up for that anymore. And so you know, maybe I'm not going home for the holidays. Maybe I'm going to make my own holidays and my own memories. And that, and that's what we've done. That's what we've had. To have do that. you dealt and, with clients you know, where, great. so in your example, Ash, we're both really on the same page. Have you dealt with clients? Who I don't know that I've ever seen where, it was like, where it's like, okay, this hard is a hard boundary for me out. now. And the other um, person is like, yeah, trying but to remember. I, I mean, like maybe there I I just, you know, what, the, what, what we tend to have is like, one is like, this is particularly difficult for me, but uh, you know, it, it's hard to do you work through those no kind of things for people. Um, it, it took us a long time and a lot of grief and terrible behavior to get to this point. And we're both therapists. So we know what toxicity looks like and we're able to step out of our wounded child selves and go into the authentic self and say, yeah, this is not okay for us or anybody else. We're not doing it anymore. And we know what the, we know what comes with that is you don't have a lot of family around you don't have a lot of family support that just happens to be our lot because we happen to be around a lot of addiction and a lot of terrible behavior on both sides um and so we extricate ourselves knowing that that's okay um we have ourselves here telling us that's okay someone they're telling you that's okay maybe it's your partner saying this is toxic terrible behavior and you should never let anyone treat you like this i don't care Mm -hmm. if it's your parent your brother your sister this cannot stand 
Um, and if this person mm-hmm. continues to do that, you really do have to question the validity of the relationship. And I know that's a big statement when we're talking about family, but if someone is going to continually abuse you, mm-hmm. you can't ask your partner mm-hmm. to sit there and watch that shit. Like, you're going to ask me to sit there and watch that. I can tell you right now, I am a, you know, I try to practice mindfulness. I try to do all the Buddhist things, right? And, and nonviolence mm-hmm. certainly is one of those things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to knock a motherfucker out. I don't care mm-hmm. if it's her dad or her brother, if they continue to treat her that way. And somebody should. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. There have definitely been times in my relationship where it was like, okay, we're not doing this again. And then you get a little bit of time and you get a little bit of space. Oh, that's the problem. A little bit of time. And then you're like, and then the memories aren't yeah. quite as painful anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. well, you know, we can just, maybe they can visit. They've been fine over the year. I mean, cause maybe they've been co- even talking on the phone yeah. and conversations. Yeah. Maybe it'll be okay. It's all a smoke screen. Don't buy into it. It's the hope, right? It's the it's hope. It's the hope haunting you again. <laughs> you're like, uh, it's going to be you different. You can't let hope. You cannot let hope into your relationship with your family, I think is what we're saying. I think that's what we've surmised <laughs> from this episode. <laughs> Divorce yourself from hope when it has well, anything I, to do I'm with I'm really your saying this is look at how it's actually been. Recalibrate your expectations yeah. from a very Eastern perspective, right? Like, and from a Western perspective, we have, I've said this before, we have expectations of everyone and everything, including ourselves, including the holidays with our families as being a particular thing. Well, recalibrate those. Don't, I'm not saying lower them. I'm saying recalibrate your expectations with how it has been Mm -hmm. historically and then draw your boundaries Mm -hmm. accordingly to help protect yourself Mm -hmm. and the one you love Mm -hmm. if they're going Mm -hmm. home with you. Right. And if you as a partner are going home with someone who's been telling you these horrific stories, it's very okay to say, um, <laughs> hey, just, uh, just real quick, I'll real quick touch base. <laughs> yeah, just want to check. In. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is, this is such a, like a TJ Maxx clearance aisle saying, but when somebody shows you who they are, believe them, you know, yeah. like I think, by the way, I love that. I love that aisle. <laughs> so do I. It's actually There's like treasures. There. I spend way too much money in that aisle. There's some treasures like that. Cle- that, yes, that thing yes. you just said, that quote. It's live, laugh, aisle, love. Right. Mm-hmm. It's fall, y'all. And when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Listen, <laughs> There's one after another. If, you, if you're lucky, you will find one of those sayings scrawled on some shiplap <sighs> in a frame. <sighs> oh, my God. You know what I mean? That got me almost as hot as your wubby voice. Okay. (laughs) He's still here. (laughs) We need to have a very special episode of just wubby. Like just. (laughs) Wubby. What's Uh, up? No, it's, I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's a funny conversation because this is literally super relevant to the last week of my life, but it was, you know, my dad. He's oh, what's his name again? Stanley Eugene. Stanley Stan Eugene is real. He really man. is. He, uh, you know, he's he's said some things, particularly you know around me not being able to afford this house without my mom or my husband, which is my favorite, my oh. favorite thing. Yes. Um, but uh, recently, I found out that he is coming home just after the holidays. I haven't seen him in about a year and a half. Look at that. So I was right. Get I was EJ like, out. it would be nice to see my dad, maybe under mm-hmm. certain terms. Like, be- <laughs> oh my God, look at you. You're letting Hold on. Open. 
And then I find out he's not coming home to see us. He's coming home for a niece's wedding. One of my cousins. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's where cool. I was like, see, Sarah, this is why we don't let hope in. Okay. This is <laughs> not coming to see you. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Jesus. He's coming to see his niece who he has probably hasn't talked to in mm-hmm. 15 years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. that's okay. I think that be careful mm-hmm. with hope. Well, see, that's like, really, then, it's like expectations. Like I'm, I'm expectations maybe, is a better word. Yeah. 1000%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like be careful oh, with expecting that. that you would come and ain't no, sorry. <laughs> nope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also in the situations where this is what I've learned for myself, Sorry. at least where it's been after mm-hmm. the holidays, yeah. it's been a little while. Mm-hmm. You're kind of all simmered down. Your partner's feeling a little safer. You're feeling a little safer. If you want to reengage, mm-hmm. maybe it's dinner. Maybe it's a walk in the park. Right. Maybe, maybe it's not an overnight multi-day. Right. Multi- <laughs> high yeah, tension event mm-hmm. right it's just a and we we actually recently did that with Corey's brother and his family they were estranged mm-hmm. for a while they've recently been trying I don't to like sort him of already but okay <laughs> right he's God a good one i mean how can you it makes me so mad how good he is <laughs> um he actually the reason why i was a couple of minutes late he made me bacon and french toast motherfucker yeah Man. and then i had yeah, to boy. give him the gluck look <laughs> You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Corey's going to be listening to this and be like, she didn't give me a fucking gluck gluck. <laughs> now you owe me one. She had a French toast and went Yeah, upstairs. now you owe me one. <laughs> Two, because I had to ask for it. But yeah, we, yeah. right. But we, you know, his, his brother is legitimately making a significant effort mm-hmm. in changing his behaviors, like repairing old behaviors, mm-hmm. repairing old you know that sort of thing but even knowing that it's still we spend like two three hours together max and we part ways look see you're doing all the things you're like you're drawing boundaries you're 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 setting expectations where they need to be you're not putting too much time on it you're not putting the added pressure of the holiday season which i think isn't it's inherent within the holiday season to have this time Mm -hmm. you're just sort of you know nursing it back and building and what that does mm-hmm. is it ends up build it ends up building some trust right when that that yes. brother of his is making 1, some deposits percent. and obviously making a concerted effort to change his behavior and be different with him you start kind of going oh okay you know i'm going to be sure that if he's if Corey's agreeing to spend time with him there's some hope that his brother will that he'll have a relationship with him yeah and Absolutely. so this is yeah. the way you 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 nurse this not the old relationship of you know, us boys live in that house back then. It's these two men that have this shared history. That's a different thing. But th- when I say that, it's everybody's sort of recognizing right. and allowing you to be the person that you've become, not the kid that you once were. Yeah. Exactly. And we're, and we're learning who those people mm-hmm. are, right? And that's the difference between getting together outside mm-hmm. of the holidays and regressing into the person you were for that's the right. holidays. So I, I, I think. Yeah, you you have to prep your partner. You have to be careful. You have to establish boundaries. You need space. And you also need to nurse relationships outside of the holidays that you actually want to have. And don't don't force yourself to have relationships that aren't being nursed outside of the holidays Mm -hmm. during the holidays. As we learned with 
my wife and her brother. Don't don't come to Charleston. Hey, we don't, don't want you here. Don't. Thank you for asking and not just showing up. Only if you're <laughs> going to be different. But that's that's the point. That's I think it's, I'm really glad you brought up that point about Corey's brother. Like he's showing a different hand. He's doing something different. He's obviously taking some responsibility for himself. Practice five of my book that can be purchased on Amazon. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's on um, there you go. Um, and yeah, that's, that's response. He's taking some responsibility. He's pointing the finger back at himself and doing something different because he obviously values his relationship with his brother. Now, if you're not seeing any of that, you got some big question marks, but I think we're well over time on this one. Lindsay's going to have to edit out some wheeze laughing. I listen, I think we should be over <laughs> Give time. Give people more of what okay? they obviously want. I think. If we have to work on the weekends, you have to listen to over an hour of us always laughing. Lindsay, don't cut anything. No, leave it as is. Actually, put in more. (laughs) Take some stuff from the other other episodes. You better it out. Don't cut. Take this out the cutting room. Do don't Lindsay. Don't you fucking dare cut Wooby. Okay, you can never cut Wooby. Thank you very much for joining us for another episode of Not Your Mama's Therapy. Uh, thank you, Lair, for joining of course. me. My favorite. You can follow us at Not Your Mama's Therapy, uh, NYM Therapy on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us, therapy at gmail.com. You can follow Lair at Lair Torrent Holistic Therapist on Instagram. And you can pick his book up, The Practice of Love, at pretty much any mm. major bookseller and also Audible. Ladies, men, ladies, and gays. <laughs> Trust me. More of Wooby. He's on there. <laughs> I was channeling Wooby. I'm opening an Instagram for oh, Wooby. He's going to see it out. Like, it's just going to be. <laughs> he's going to have his own podcast with like more followers Way more. than and we have. Like, just all kinds of like sponsorships. It's yeah. honestly, it's actually pisses me off. Fuck <gasps> Wooby. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I did. That's what I did. Says, I heard you have, <laughs> and he's not ashamed of it. Just a good, just a good hump session, <laughs> Lindsay. End this session with <laughs> and cut. All right. <laughs> this was funny. Thank you, my friend. Okay, Mister B.